Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yael Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Israel Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hessen. How are you doing? Praise the Lord. I'm doing well. Thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's uh, just been Rosh Hashanah, and we're about to have uh, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, on Wednesday this week. So it is a busy holiday season here in, in Israel and in Jerusalem in, in particular. Every September, every year. Yeah, definitely. But let's uh, start by praising the Lord. And if everybody in your houses could join me in prayer. Avinu Shibashamayim, toda lecha. Father in heaven, thank you for everything. Thank you for the appointed times and the holidays and these times that you gave us to reflect, reflect and soul search and really start a new year with a new page with you. We pray that you will really guide us this year and bless us Bless TV7. We want also to dedicate our work here to you for this new uh, year. We pray for our extended family back at home, all over the world, wherever you are, that really God will bless you this year and lead you. We pray for Jonathan, for his family, uh, and for the rest of the team here in Jerusalem, and that really you will use us to preach and share your word with the world. Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Well, Jonathan, I said the Yom Kippur is this Wednesday, so it's very important to share with everybody that we will not have Israel news during that day. Because uh, in Israel, the Day of Atonement is a significant day. The cars don't, don't run. Uh, you can't really get to the office unless you live really close to it. So that is uh, the reason. Uh, yeah, the, the entire country shuts down, literally. Yeah. Uh, it's quite the experience uh, for one day of the year uh, to not be able to drive, not to be able to do uh, almost anything. Everything is closed. Of course, there is the Arab neighborhoods where uh, cars continue to run and, and uh, they're able to uh, maintain their shops uh, and stores off yes. open. Mm-hmm. But in uh, the majority of Israel and in all of the Jewish neighborhoods, uh, everything is shut down in certain neighborhoods uh, where the zealots are living. They'll throw stones at your car if you run uh, mm-hmm. your vehicle, so it's better not to. Um, Definitely. But uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, even though we're willing to walk to the office, it's it's going to be a challenge to get here for some of the staff. Uh, hence, we're not able to uh, produce the news for that day. Nevertheless, with God's grace, we will be here uh, the day after. Yes, yes, definitely. And also, it is, uh, it's very special, I think, to me, because a lot, a lot of the country, uh, the majority, or I don't know if the majority, but many Jewish people go to the synagogues, even if they do not observe and do not usually go to the synagogue, but on that day, they do go. So I think it's very important for everybody back at home to take this time and pray, pray for God to meet these people that are seeking the, the Lord, that are seeking the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob during that day. A revelation. Mm-hmm. We, not, not only in Israel, all over the world. Definitely. We're praying for 
uh, true revival. Uh, I know many people are very eager to see uh, such a revival take place. I think, you know, uh, for a revival to take place, there needs to be also a follow-up to it. And many times we're so focused on revival when we forget mm-hmm. that the follow-up is even more important than that revival. Yes. And hence, when we want to engage in a revival, God usually guides us to prepare the field for that follow-up, that mm-hmm. there will be uh, the people to maintain the engagement and, and uh, truly uh, teach and, and guide the people who are going to uh, have their eyes opened to uh, true reality, both spiritually and physically. Yeah, uh, so that is something that uh, I think is always very important to highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and uh, I think that to our main topic of today, we had a lot going on last week in terms of uh, the news. Okay, those of you who watch uh, Israel News on a daily basis, I'm sure you're up to date, but it will be very important for you to go deeper into these these topics. I wasn't here on, on uh, uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, I visited Helsinki, uh, where uh, we recorded yet another episode of TV7 Europa Stands. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had... Uh, uh, a new guest uh, taking the seat of uh, the former foreign minister of mm-hmm. Finland, Deputy Premier Timo Soini. Um, he was replaced by the former foreign minister of Poland, mm-hmm. uh, who is still very active and, and uh, is truly uh, a, a fascinated and uh, fascinating individual. Cool. Uh, so that will be truly a, a uh, encouragement also to hear the Central European perspective uh, on the matters. Poland has been very active in support of Ukraine, has been understanding uh, from a Western perspective uh, the dangers of uh, Russia's uh, ambitions. Uh, it's been convinced of those ambitions for many years. I know of some military attaches that served also in Poland. Uh, and some Polish um, senior officers, uh, to say the least, uh, who I know personally and have communicated over the years, they've been communicating about preparedness, Polish preparedness, for potential Russian invasion uh, at some point. And uh, they've been very vigorous about uh, implementing systems to be able to withstand such an invasion. Are they prepared? You know, uh, everybody knows how you enter a war. Nobody knows how you exit one. And for uh, the extent of the duration that you're engaged, you you do everything possible. I don't think Europe is prepared right now. They're trying to prepare themselves, and we will get into this mm-hmm. uh, in today's program. Um, I yeah. do. Yeah, I think it's just important to tell the viewers that if they want to watch this Europa Stands program, it will be aired at 9 p.m. today. Indeed, Israel time. Israel time, uh, so yes. So wherever you are, 9 p.m. Israel time, GMT plus two, uh, to be able to watch TV7 Europa stands. I think it's truly a, a significant program uh, with, uh, you know, when initially I thought about this program, I, I truly believe that God put this on my heart mm-hmm. uh, to launch this. And I was communicating with a few uh, friends uh, in the upper echelons uh, in Europe uh, and highlighted the need to stand up for Europe. Uh, but Europa stands, okay, mm-hmm. Europa, the Latin word, of course, for Europe, uh, and the way we call it also in Dutch or in German, Europa. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then stands it's not only standing up for but it's also the standing the uh, current situation in Europe and, and being able to communicate about this and the very interesting is that uh, we started working on this program a lot before the Russian invasion of Ukraine correct <coughs> excuse me correct uh, it you know we had already indications that it's going to happen yeah. uh, many people were uh, in disbelief that something like this could happen in the 21st century um, those same individuals were certain also once it happened that Ukraine would fall in the matter of weeks if not yes. days mm-hmm. um, but again uh, the the current situation on the ground in Europe uh, is very tumultuous uh, I encourage people to watch if they really want to understand what's going on mm-hmm. in Europe uh, it's going to have quite the impact on On the medium to uh, the short to medium term medium term is going to be much more difficult the next 15 months are going to be um, of course based on on predictions of, of current analysis uh, are going to be very difficult there's going yeah. to be a tough recession and we're hopeful uh, that uh, uh, this is not the case and that things will rebound and everything will be You know return to the situation uh, pre-corona uh, so to speak but uh, honestly you know we're looking at the situation and, and that's wishful thinking so we need to pray we need to pray for our fellow countrymen and women uh, we need to pray for our governments uh, and we need to pray for uh, the soul of those nations uh, all over the world not mm-hmm. only in Europe that have been so you focused on on woke idealisms and, and different perceptions that uh, they have lost uh, the, the key understanding of what truly is important mm-hmm. the identity of each individual as a creation of God and uh, being able to contribute to society to our families and to the you know uh, each country is just bigger circles yeah and ultimately if you go smaller and smaller and smaller, It comes down to what's good for your family that's why the involvement that uh, we encourage to uh, to have within the context of society uh, it is also for the betterment of your own family it's for uh, yourself but if we put selfishness aside it's about your parents it's about your brother it's about your mm-hmm. sister it's about your children and Uh, being able to make a difference that their lives would be better than what we experienced and of course uh, within a society that is free and, and uh, tries to uh, allow for you know as much yeah. as possible freedoms we've become a, a, a number uh, you know like the Italian prime minister said uh, just recently though the the soon to be Italian Prime Minister who won the election in Italy uh, we are regarded as numbers and we should start considering no we're not neoconservatives you know neoconservatives are so-called conservatives only for the economic section of things when I it see. comes to the soul of the people when it comes to their identity whether they're Christians or whether they're uh, women or men and you know gender all those things they're irrelevant in the 
other aspect of the neoconservatives and I only care about the money and liberals and, and so on. They all care only about the money and as much as possible freedom to be able to capitalize on that. Got it. You know, and, and this is not healthy for humanity. This is not healthy for nations. And more so, this weakens nations ahead of very tumultuous uh, situations and scenarios within the context of strategic power competition that mm-hmm. people do not understand the dangers that lurk within this context. But we <laughs> will touch on this more in Europa Stanzo and encourage our TV7 family and whoever is watching um, to stay tuned for mm-hmm. Europa Stands. Um, it was a lively discussion to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Well, at 9 p.m. today, mm-hmm. Jerusalem time. Okay, so um, I think let's get back to, to Israel. We see that there were a lot of arrests because of the high holidays. Is this something you want to elaborate on with, uh, with our viewers? Tensions surrounding mm-hmm. the holidays. Uh, we've spoken about it last week. Uh, they have to do with uh, um, a few angles, mm-hmm. uh, not only because of tensions related to the high holidays, but also because Israel continues to press on the gas pedal uh, to crack down on uh, uh, Islamist uh, militants, terrorists, uh, members particularly yeah. of the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and related organizations uh, that are both funded and um, directed by the Islamic Republic of Iran. Mm-hmm. Uh we want to root them out uh, as much as possible for the sake of when the day when we're called to to stand up for the flag uh, and need to defend the country against the Islamic Republic of Iran particularly, which is the driving force uh, in all that relates to animosity against Israel, even though also the Muslim Brotherhood related to Qatari elements and interests within that context. Yeah. Uh, when we look at the big picture, um, we we understand that Iran is behind all of this. It's been investing heavily now also in Hamas to try and smuggle weapons and uh, funds uh, to the West Bank uh, districts of Judea and Samaria and yes. Jordan Valley and so on in order to stimulate youth who are hopeless because of the economic situation to perpetrate terror attacks or acts of terror against Israelis which then would uh, trigger significant funds to support their families. Some, uh, And when I say significant funds, it's relative to what they have. Yes, so they exactly. have very little. They will have a decent and dignified life if they carry out those attacks. Yeah, so they have nothing to lose. So they take extreme steps in order to provide for basic necessities indeed, for their families. Indeed. Well, they have what to lose, and they unfortunately their lose lives. it. But uh, they're indoctrinated. So yeah, this I indoctrination see. is not necessarily logical, and, and it's very easy to convince uh, youth compared to uh, people with a little bit more experience who look at different exactly. aspects. But, you know, uh, the Israeli intelligence agencies, whether it is the ISA, the Shin Bet, or mm-hmm. um, other organizations are tracing very closely all those activities and are cracking down as much as uh, is possible. Of course, you cannot hermetically uh, root out everything. Uh, nevertheless, it is an ongoing struggle and Shomer Israel, Loyanum Veloishan, the 
Watchmen of the Walls, the, the Guardians of Israel will not um, nor snooze nor, nor, nor sleep, yeah. sleep uh, <laughs> slumber nor sleep. So uh, it is an ongoing battle and, and we see this. Now, of course, uh, Iran has the problems of, of its own. Uh, we saw this past week there was the International Atomic Energy Agency uh, gover uh, governor's meeting and, and conference, uh, something similar to the United Nations General Assembly the week prior. Mm -hmm. During this uh, week, there was significant focus, of course, on the Russian arena and the nuclear plants there, which are significant danger, but also, of course, about uh, the uh, un the forced abandonment to a certain degree because of uh, Iranian, um, unmoving Iranian perceptions of the current reality. Mm -hmm. um, the IAEA is unable to truly scrutinize. So they can't do their job, basically. So they can't do their job. Uh, the nuclear deal is, uh, you know, it's fiction at this stage, but uh, even Jules Verne didn't know that his fiction would turn into reality at some point. So it could once again turn into reality. The Americans are adamant on reaching a deal um, regardless of developments and regardless of also what's happening in Iran right now. With all of the protests, you know, the protests in Iran um, are, uh, it's heartbreaking to see this. Why are they protesting? And, uh, just one point, the Americans are still willing to reach an agreement and are avoiding all questions in this relation for the sake of curbing Tehran's nuclear program and being able to continue with its strategic understanding and posture and, and everything within that context, um, and not taking into account that those billions of dollars will continue to uh, enable this tyrannical regime in Tehran to suppress the people. Um, the current protest is about a 21-year-old girl who... Uh, was a young lady who didn't wear a headscarf in a manner to the liking of uh, the police, uh, the mishmats um, niut, they call them uh, in Hebrew. Or, yes, police uh, that in charge of, uh, you know, I don't know, being modest, right. modesty police. Modesty police or whatever you want to call it. Uh, uh, ultimately, for months, we've seen images coming out of Iran where women are being thrown out of moving vehicles because they don't wear the headscarves that they should or they don't act in a proper Islamic manner wow. uh, from the perspective of the Ayatollah regime. Um, and this came to a point where in the Kurdish, one of the Kurdish regions in Iran, uh, there was a young lady that was taken in and was beat to death. And this sparked outrage amongst many Iranians, uh, initially within the Kurdish minority in Iran, but it quickly spread to other places. And compared to uh, the summer of 2009, where there was an uprising in Iran, which was quite more significant numbers-wise, but less violent, uh, and the crackdown was very vigorous at that time uh, in 2009, uh, 19, there was another uprising. Uh, in 2009, it was particularly because the Iranians claimed or the opposition uh, insisted that there were um, uh, there was corruption uh, in the election back then. Mm -hmm. uh, this, of course, uh, goes without saying there's always corruption over there. So that's a different story. Yeah. Uh, in 2019, it was about the hiking uh, prices in the oil. 
uh, market. People suddenly didn't have gas to put in their vehicles, something that you couldn't imagine in a country so rich. You know, it's like what happened in Venezuela, pretty much the same. But uh, also in 2019, there were less people, but it became more violent. Mm-hmm. Now, 2022, September, it became became a smaller, more concentrated um uprising social uprising but it's slowly slowly growing and it's significantly more violent and uh, while i don't think that the ayatollah regime is currently threatened particularly um, based on what i read what i see the indications and based on on the understanding of uh, the construct of the way the Iranian regime operates with its besiege forces and uh, the the various intelligence uh, organizations that operate in Iran, it is going to be a different story when the Ayatollah Ali Khamenei passes away. Um, and this will put Iran to the test quite significantly. Right now, without the funds that would have streamed in from the JCPOA, from the 2015 nuclear agreement, if it were to be revived, the Ayatollah regime is feeling the brunt and is feeling Mm -hmm. uh, in a tighter spot. That's why it's also cooperating quite significantly with China, which is basically bailing out Iran from collapsing altogether. Actually buying all of Iran infrastructure and stuff like that. It's buying much of Iran. Uh, It has significant deals. The Iranians are bankrupt and uh, they've pretty much sold their soul. Um, uh, the, The Ayatollah regime has already deposited his soul with the devil, but that's a different story. Um, the way they're acting, they're selling also Iran and all the, the infrastructure, vital infrastructure to the Chinese, to the Russians. Uh, there are various uh, corporations there. Of course, the Russians are now procuring uh, the, uh, the Iranian drones for the purpose of operating in uh, Ukraine. They've really? been okay. operating there quite significantly. They actually sold them hundreds of the, um, uh, specifically the, the Shahed uh, 136. Um, the Russians ironically changed the name to Heran uh, 2. Okay. Uh, which is ironic because it's very similar to the name of some of the Israeli drones, the Heron uh, yeah. and uh, uh, 438 and so on and so forth but uh, that's a different story but it, it's quite interesting to see the Iranians are becoming more involved in strategic competition they're becoming more involved in providing their know-how providing those drones which is a new equation in the battlefield this mm-hmm. is challenging Ukraine people need to understand that Europe is not truly defended from an uh, surface to air capabilities are very lacking Germany sold much of its uh, aerial defenses uh, in the past 15 years, which is, I don't understand how it's even possible that they did it. Now the Germans are looking to procure Israeli systems, the Arrow 3 against uh, ballistic missiles, against cruise missiles. And, of course, we hear also Ukraine calling on Israel to supply it with the Iron Dome. To put things in perspective, the Iron Dome is not going to go to Ukraine. Uh, And it's not only because of the Israelis, the Americans wouldn't allow it. Yeah, it's a joint uh, project. It's a joint project. The Americans would block uh, such a sale and uh, and, uh, Israel would have to deploy troops 
on the field in Ukraine and engage physically in warfare against the Russians to protect its <clears throat> highly classified systems, which would potentially fall into the hands of the Russians, Israel would not be able to do something like that. Yes. Uh, when we're talking about the Aero 3, the Americans are challenging this sale to Germany even uh, because they rather have Germany pro uh, procure the THAAD uh, Directly systems. From the THAAD systems, the American systems, which are also very highly capable. Nevertheless, I hear from um, across the board, uh, also in America proper, but Europe in particular, the Israeli systems are better. So even though the Good Europeans <laughs> want those systems, uh, and don't forget, again, it's a joint venture with yes. the Americans, we need to keep in mind that Israel is deepening its relations with European nations, with um, its moderate Arab neighbors uh, in here in the region and the Gulf, um, also in, in aerial defense uh, systems, mm -hmm. potentially to be sold to the United Arab Emirates. Even Saudi Arabia is uh, uh, very keen on Israeli systems. Okay. And there are also drone systems, electronic warfare, and, and other things that are very uh, capable to be able to thwart uh, whatever is coming out of uh, the situation in Ura uh, Ukraine in particular. But uh, something very important, Iran is accumulating knowledge. The, the fact that Iranian systems are operating in Ukraine, those systems never experienced a full-out war. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're now experiencing a full-out war, they're able to learn and then later implement those lessons in warfare against Israel. So what's happening there, this is also going to be implemented and they're going to improve their systems because of this engagement there. Uh, I heard roughly 40 Iranian advisors were already killed in a Ukrainian attack. Um, I couldn't confirm this report, so I, I cannot know whether it truly happened or not, but there were casualties nonetheless. Um, yeah, I understand. But I think this is, we have one more minute. So I would like you maybe to share a few prayer points with our viewers regarding, you know, what to focus. Indeed. Well, uh, we're living in a very tumultuous time, as I've noted already a couple of times during the program. Uh, nevertheless, God is in control. We need to understand that uh, the, the winter ahead is just the beginning. Uh, we need to understand that uh, there's going to be cynical use by uh, governments, by, by powers, in order to pressure populations that then in turn pressure their governments. Mm -hmm. So let us be also a voice of encouragement to our leaders, uh, to our surroundings. Let us speak um, blessings rather than curses and, and be also an encouragement to our surroundings that we may represent the one who sent us uh, to be able to truly impact the nations for his name's sake, mm -hmm. uh, speaking of course about our Heavenly Father. Uh, God is in control. He is, and we can be encouraged by it. And uh, pray for one another, encourage one another again. It is so important during those days. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. And thank you, everybody around the world. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.